Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, we're in a, in a series, as you can see, from uh, on temptation. This is our third week into this. And uh, I believe that temptations, probably giving to those temptations, does something that we don't normally realize. And that is that it can actually rob us of freedom. Uh, many times we're tempted because we feel like this is going to be awesome. And so I, w- I would have given myself to it re- thinking that I'm exercising my freedom. And what happens is as I give into it, I have less freedom than I had before I gave into this temptation. So I want you guys to read some, uh, this is scripture, but I want us to read these three lines together, okay? And let's, let's do this. And let's just see what God has in store for us. You ready? Let's read it together. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Next one. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, we're going to say that one again because I want you to look at each other. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. That is the plan of God for you. Okay, one more. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom, right? Freedom, not bondage, you know, freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, When I first began this walk with Jesus, it that sense of freedom was like, I was just remembering that moment yesterday, and it was like you took in this hyper-oxygenized air for me. I, I still remember it like it was yesterday, like you, I breathed in almost a new life at that moment. That uh, This is going to sound so hokey and maybe a little poetic and romantic, which I'm not, but uh, you know, it, it was like the sky was bluer that life had this freshness to it. Even putting my toes in the ocean, it just felt like things were more alive. That it, it, it was just freedom. That's what I sensed. That's what I felt. And, it, and this went on for some time, actually. And until, you know, life begins to push in on you and people begin to tell you different uh, opinions about how you should live as a Christian. And, what, uh, and suddenly the freedom, that excitement of being free in Christ uh, takes on a whole other tenor, especially when other people are telling you how you can be free. And uh, so it drove me back to the scriptures to look at the scriptures again and again and to realize that God's sole purpose in saving us and coming was to liberate us, to free us to live life in an abundant way. And some of you may not have been taught that when you started following Jesus. You might have been taught God was out to really make your life miserable. And like, don't do this, don't enjoy that. We're going to talk about this this morning, about how the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, works in helping us in our temptations. Because I do believe that every temptation, that pull, is an effort by the enemy and by what we're going to see, it's called the flesh here, the world, is a pull on us to rob us of freedom. 
of exactly what God has for us. And so we're going to be over in Galatians, the fifth chapter. Uh, it's on in your handout as well. And uh, we'll read this. We, the pit crew, when they launched this series for me, that's my uh, pastors and training group. When they launched this series for us, they gave us a definition of temptation. And this was it. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. And I've got another definition that I want to uh, give you this morning, and that is that it's anything that threatens to rob us of the true freedom Christ has called us to. Temptation wants to steal from us. It wants to rob from us. It doesn't want to give us more freedom. It wants to rob from us and put us back in bondage. And that is exactly what Paul was saying to this church or these churches in Galatia. And so we're going to take a look at that. Let me pray first this morning and uh, we'll jump into this. Father, thank you for what this Sunday is called Pentecost Sunday. How awesome is that, that we're talking about the Holy Spirit and and how he helps us in our temptations, Lord. And this is the Sunday that the church sets aside to celebrate the coming of your Holy Spirit to your people. And so we ask that you would come once again, Lord, to your people this morning. Here at the vineyard, would you come and fall and fill this place and fill your people with your presence. Pray that you would confirm your word to us in our hearts and that indeed we would experience what it is to be free through your presence, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's read this. Galatians 5, here we go. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Well, when we read the word flesh, or if your Bible has world in there, or sinful nature, sinful nature is really not the right word for this. Flesh is a much better term. It's, it's a very cool Greek word, sarx. It's like a monster, isn't it? The sarx, S-A-R-X. The sarx is after me. And uh, what it means is it's the, it's the world without Christ. It's the world's... Uh, influence or its power to push in on us and to tell us this is where we derive our value and our sense of being and purpose from. You know, the world itself and the way it thinks says this person is valuable, this one is not valuable. If you want to, if you want to be important, this is what you're supposed to look like, right? 
If you're wanted, this is what you're supposed to look like. That is like the world power, the thought that goes into us. It's not this, the flesh. That would be what we call dualism or dualistic thinking. If, uh, like the spirit's good, the flesh bad. No. You see, Jesus came to redeem every part of us, including our flesh. It's not even that your desires, that that is a part of what he's talking about. It's outside these walls. It's that permeating power in the world that wants to take you hostage and tell you this is what it means to live life. That is contra to or counter to the Holy Spirit's life for you. And so when that world, that flesh pushes in on us, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us out of that temptation of being pulled into believing this is what it takes to be valuable. This is what it takes to be important. This is what it takes to be accepted. This is the important thing, like idolatry and and all of this. That, That is the sarks. That is the flesh, not this. I mean, you realize that... uh, you're going to have flesh and bones forever, really. It's going to look different. The only picture we have is Jesus coming out of the grave. Jesus came out of the grave. They touched his hand. They put their finger in his side. He looked different, but he still had a body. The body that was in the grave was where? It was out of it, right? I mean, he was walking around in the body. He didn't just go, beam me up, Scotty. And then all of us, you know... And then there was Jesus kind of moving along. You know, he never walked, you know, like that. It, it wasn't like that. It was his body was resurrected. It was empowered and it was changed. It was redeemed and bought back and changed into exactly what God always intended. And that starts even in our lives. Our eternal life begins as we come to Christ and we start this journey. And God is out to redeem every part of us. So it's not that this is evil at all. This is a gift from God. God gave us this. And he wants to redeem it and he wants to use it for his good pleasure and his will. And so you don't hate what God has created. You know, we don't want to live a dualistic style of Christianity where flesh bad, spirit good. When we say flesh, <laughs> when we say flesh, we mean this world's paradigm of what tells us what is a good looking person. Right? Their world has an opinion that will exclude so many people. Well, that's the antithesis to Christ and the antithesis, you know, to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But that wants to press into us and it wants to rob us. So when we read flesh, remember that, okay? Just keep that in mind that the flesh is not this. It's sarks. Can you say that word with me? You guys sound great speaking Greek. Sarks. You know, S-A-R-X. And that's, that's what it is. Now... In this passage to the Galatians who had quite a challenge at the time because, you know, this is like the first generation church. And uh, Paul is doing all he can to try to get the truth into them and to see that they are free and that they live this life of freedom. Well, some what's called Judaizers, and that is in the church in Galatia, uh, these Jewish Christians, maybe they were Christians, had come into the church And they had told these new believers, because this is so fresh, right? First generation of following Jesus. They didn't have any. They were living the New Testament. They were living it out. And so uh, they didn't have the examples. And also these Judaizers would come into the church and they would tell these new Christians, in order for you to be a good Christian, you have to obey every bit of the old law. All of it. You have to be circumcised if you're a man or you cannot be a Christian. And here comes all of this package from the old 
And, and Paul goes, no, no, no. That is not freedom. That is not freedom to have to go back up under the law because we had a problem with the law, didn't we? What was the problem? We couldn't obey it. That's a big problem. We couldn't obey the law. Jesus comes. Law's good because it points out our sinfulness. It points out that we just don't have what it takes in order to get there. Jesus comes along after being prophesied for thousands of years and he fulfills the law in the fact that he obeys every single law. Obedient right to the cross all the way up to it as an example. Buys us back from the burden of the law through his own blood, through his own obedience and frees us. Frees us to be all that Christ intended for us to be. So Paul's writing this letter to the Galatians and saying, don't be mystified, don't be wooed, don't be taken by some slick oil salesman coming in and trying to put you back under bondage and under the law. And then he gives us four, word, or four ways to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life when we are tempted to do that. And so you've got a handout uh, on the back side of your bulletin this morning if you want to follow along. And that would be great. And your first one is this. Walk by the Spirit, Paul says. So I say, walk by, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And I love the definition of this uh, walk. Uh, walk by or walk in the Holy Spirit. And it is to progress. It is this. It's to make due use of the opportunities that the Holy Spirit gives you. And that means that the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, is going to give you some opportunities to be able to get out of situations and temptations that you're going to need to recognize and react to at times. Um, again, I know when we talk about the Holy Spirit, many of us go, well, I know Jesus. I know the Father. But the Holy Spirit, I don't, I don't know who that is. And, but that is the very presence of God. In John 14 and 15 Jesus said he had to go back so that the Holy Spirit could come because the Holy Spirit was going to live in every single believer. Jesus could only be in one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit is going to live in you. He will be with you, Jesus said, and he will live in you. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the same Spirit living in you that lived in Christ Jesus. You have the same spirit living in you that quickened that dead, beat up, abused, and tortured body of Jesus. You have the same spirit that raised him up from the dead and liberated him from that tomb. Same one. Y'all look skeptical. You think, no, I've got the micro spirit. And I don't have the real spirit. I'm working on it, Tim. I'm working on it, but I've, you know, out of ten, I'm maybe at a two. No, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. See, that's what the world, the sarks, pushes in on us and says, I'm not worthy to have the presence of God, or I'm not as good, or I can't do this, and I can't do that. That's why the sarks pushes up against the Spirit of God. And that's why it's a war. And you know what? You're the battlefield. But you're not only the battlefield, you're the one being fought over. That's right. The enemy, the devil, as well as the push of this world and its values are fighting in you and over you. And the Holy Spirit comes in Jesus Christ and go, I've got liberty for you. I have freedom for you. Walk 
in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, take every opportunity that the Holy Spirit gives you to escape from temptation. Uh, Pickrew and I were listening to some testimonies and watching a, a vineyard pastor, and, and he told a story of a lady who came to him uh, who was in a, a situation in a, an illicit relationship uh, outside of her marriage. And she really did want to break off the relationship, but she was finding it very difficult. And uh, so she came in to talk with the pastor and his wife, and, and they were praying uh, for her. And uh, his pastor friend said that he just suddenly got this kind of picture of a necklace around her neck. And he opens his eyes, and he looks at her, and she doesn't have a necklace on. And so he's, yeah, I don't know why I thought that. And he goes back to pray, and he just, he sees it again. Necklace. And so he, he knows enough about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit prompts at times and, and helps. And so he looked at her, and he said, do you have a necklace on? And she had a turtleneck on. And she reached inside of her turtleneck, and she pulls the necklace out. Beautiful, nice, expensive necklace. And he looks at her and he said, who gave you the necklace? And she goes, the guy that I've been meeting with. And then the pastor knew at that moment, this was her moment of freedom and liberation. Right at that moment. And he looked at her and he said, if you will take that necklace off and throw it in the trash, not sell it. (laughs) Don't go out and sell it. Don't give it to somebody. Because you're giving away something that you think is very valuable. You have got to discard it and turn and go the different direction. See how the Holy Spirit, there was an opportunity for her. She took it off, threw it in the trash can, and within five minutes she had called the man and stopped the relationship and went back to her family. And then they began to work on building the family and getting it healed up. Take every opportunity that the Holy Spirit gives you. Because if you turn those down time and again, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it gets a little more difficult to hear. It's not that he's still not moving. It's that you want to hear and you want to react. But the beauty of this is the Holy Spirit is there for your freedom. He wanted to free this precious lady to be able to enjoy life the way God always intended for her to enjoy it. To deliver her from this bondage that she was in. And to free her to have a life. And so the Holy Spirit will do that. The Holy Spirit will speak. He will guide at those moments and times when you're tempted. I mean, the greatest hero of all is who? Jesus, right? I mean, just last week we talked about him going into the desert in John 4 and, or Luke 4 and how he went into the desert and he was tempted immediately. You know, he was hit by the devil and for 40 days he keeps getting tempted. He hasn't eaten. He hasn't drank any water. He's physically weak and he could have given in he could have given in to what he was feeling but instead he began to repeat back scripture to the devil over and over again to fight him back now where did that come from it came from the fact that that story begins with his baptism it begins with him being anointed with the holy spirit filled with the holy spirit and then immediately he goes off into the desert Do you see this? It was the Holy Spirit that was with him, ministering in him and to him to keep him from falling to those temptations. And God will do the same thing in our lives through the Holy Spirit. You can develop a hearing ear and those promptings and 
I want to say this too. This is good news. This is not all about your willpower. Okay? This is not all about you having to muster up the strength to be able to say no. This is not about sweating and groaning. And going, I don't know how I'm going to say no to this temptation. And I, you know, it's not that. It's about the surrender of your life to the Holy Spirit at that moment. He does. He has brought his strength to you and his freedom to you. And now will you respond to it? Will you surrender to it? You can't work that up. You can either go yeah or no. You just can't work that up. That's good news to me. Some of you are just worn out from trying so hard. The good news is God has sent along some great help for you in the form of his own presence, the Holy Spirit in you to help you. So walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. The second one is, he says in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Being led by the Spirit, if we follow him, and I love this definition of being led too, it's to lead by laying hold of or to bring to a destination. I really like that, to bring to a destination. Temptations are just like sometimes... They look so appetizing, but a temptation is a way to short-circuit your destiny. It's a way that the world and the enemy would do everything it could to get you off of the path of where God wants you to go and to waylay you for a bit of time. It may look good, it may feel good, but it's just a diversion. And it will rob you of getting to where God wants you to be. Now, I've heard so many stories of, and you people, you know, you folks have probably stories like this too. And this is just how God works. I, once I was in a situation and I was being tempted sorely to work with a particular person uh, and uh, to fall in with them and to build a business. And uh, the person that I was dealing with was really making it look good. Really making it look good. I mean, there were lots of money being thrown out. And there was lots of, you know, dreaming. And, and the person was asking a lot from me, too. And it was like I was getting kind of excited. I, I really was. And I was like, this is going to be great for my family. You know, I can take care of my kids and, and all of this. And right in the middle of the conversation with this person, it's, I hear this voice go, this is not your destiny. <laughs> and then when God speaks, it's not a conversation. I mean, I, you know, I, it's like if you do start a conversation, he says the same thing to you. It's like, yeah, but God, this looks so good. This is not your destination. It's like a few words, a few words. And, you know, now I haven't always responded that way. So don't not make myself the hero here because there's been times when it, this is great. And you jump in and find out it's not. But at that point in time, listening to the Holy Spirit and having an ear really did. I wouldn't be here right now. There's no way I'd be standing here. There is absolutely no way this church would exist if I had done that, taken that route. And it took some years for me to see that God was... It doesn't just happen overnight, so it takes some faith, doesn't it? But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, He will tell you your destiny is not that way. It's this way. But you'll be tempted to go that way. That's why it's so important to develop this relationship with the Scripture because He speaks through the Scripture, but He also speaks to us in the moment, and He speaks through others. 
through the Holy Spirit in our direction. Again, Jesus, Jesus could have been waylaid one way or the other, but he didn't. From the moment of his baptism and the temptation in the desert, he knew he had a destiny. His destiny was the cross. He knew it. That's where he was headed. He would not be waylaid. There were opportunities upon opportunities at times for people to kill him. But he would move to another direction or God would save him somewhere. Then he got into the trial, right? Do you ever notice during the trial period with Jesus that there were times when he said a few words and sometimes he said nothing? He could have said some things that would have got him out of it. But he didn't because it would have been a diversion. It would have robbed him of his destiny, which was our destiny, to be redeemed back to our Father in heaven. Jesus only spoke back to the authorities in such a way that it went straight ahead to his destiny, to the cross. And even on the cross, what did they say? Oh, if you're the Son of God, call the angels. Jesus has already said, look, (laughs) if I need to, I can call the angels and they'll come rescue me. I can do it. But he didn't do it because that would have been a diversion. That wasn't his destiny. And it was him living with the Holy Spirit speaking to him in his life that gave him that strength, that gave him the ability to be able to see where he needed to go and stay with it. Yes, he's 100% God, but he lived 100% as a human being, being dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So when he opened his mouth, when he had something to say, I mean, some of us could use a little help when we open our mouth from the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, really? You know, you could, you could hear having the Holy Spirit say, duh. Don't do it, you know, right? And I mean, Jesus is a great example. He knew when to speak, he knew when not to speak because every word he said lent itself to his destination. God has a destiny for you. He does, and his destiny is good. His destiny is a beautiful thing. It's freedom. It's freedom to be what God has called you to be and to function in the realm and the capacity and the way that God always intended for you. But there is an enemy, and there is a world pressure pressing in on every one of us who would want to rob us of that. But the Holy Spirit has come to give us a way of following through and staying on the path to our destiny. Your next one is uh, being, he says in uh, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, number three, I love this definition, too. I love all of these because it means to enjoy real life. It is enjoy real life in the Spirit. Enjoy it. Don't say God's such a party pooper. You know, I was so happy before I was a Christian. Have you ever said that? You know, I have said that. I have. There have been times in my life when I've looked back and I go, I don't get this, God. Non-Christians are happier than I am. And you know Why? Because I got my eyes on the wrong thing. The wrong thing. Because the Judaizers had made their way back into my life. Because some of this legalism and legalistic thing that you got to be this and you got to be that and you got to look like this and you got to sound like that and you got to be this and you got to be that in order to be accepted by God. And all of a sudden you're like, this sucks. I don't like this life. You know, there's got to be more to this. And there is more to this. So much more to this life. Because the Holy Spirit has come to lead us into freedom, to birth freedom, to help us learn to live life fully for him. And you know, man, that is the absolute best life that I've ever tasted. 
And you know what gets me? Is that life is what I'm going to taste for eternity. I'm going to live that forever. What I've tasted of the freedom of Christ. And you are too. That is your final destiny. Until we get there, you're on your way here. You're on your way. Someone told me the other day, we were unpacking some things and we were looking at life and what God is doing in our lives. And the person said to me, you're not going that way. <laughs> I took my journal out. I said, Let me, what does that mean? She said, I don't know. I just felt like the Holy Spirit said that. You know, so I'm like, you're not going that way. Okay, I got to find out from God what that means. You know, but you are headed a certain way and the Holy Spirit and his speaking to you, directly to you through his word, through his church is how you find that out. You know, life is meant to be enjoyed. It really is. It's meant to be a celebration of all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. There's freedom there. That's why Paul keeps saying, this is who you are to be, a free people. So live by the Spirit. How did Paul, this guy who wrote this letter, some of you don't know who he was, but he wasn't that nice of a guy at one time. (laughs) Matter of fact, Paul, this guy that wrote this letter to Galatia, to the Galatian church, uh, he hated Christians. He was a very legalistic man. He was a rabid rabbi. I mean, uh, and, I mean, let's just look at his own words. Let's put it up here. This is, this is his own words. I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priest, I put many of the saints in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to prosecute them. Hmm. That's not a nice guy. I'm sorry. You know, he doesn't look like a lot of fun to be around. Uh, But you know what happened to him? He became the super apostle, as they call him now. The super apostle. How does that happen? How does a person go from that to being the most generous, happy, fulfilled follower of Jesus Christ that we basically have in the Bible? It's through the Holy Spirit. That's exactly how that happens. And that's why Paul continues to preach to us the freedom. We were a people meant for freedom because he knew what it was like to be in bondage. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 3, 6. The same guy writing, he has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And that is the same Paul who was killing people because they wouldn't live according to the letter. He experienced the freedom there. So live by the spirit. Enjoy real life. Be in full vigor. And fourthly is... Verse 25, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. This, uh, has, this word, has, keeping in step, has a word of, uh, of a row of soldiers marching together. It's a group together, organized, and they're moving together like this. And boy, I think about the local church when I see that, of, you know, keep in step with the Spirit. You keep in step with the Spirit by walking with others as well. And so he says, walk, march together. And so, you know, we find our destiny together as a church too. 
And if the Holy Spirit comes and he says, here's how I want you to march. You see those 3,000 international students over there? I want you to march in that direction. That is your destiny, Seacoast Vineyard Church. March in that direction and serve them, love them, feed them, come alongside of them, do everything you can for them to get a picture of who Christ is. Serve them. Over here, see those folks who don't have a GED or coming into this country and don't have the help that you got when you were growing up? But they're here and they want to better their family. They want to take care of their family, but they don't have the money to do it. Pay for their GEDs. Do it. March in this direction, Seacoast Vineyard. March in this direction. And there's so many things, so many things going on. This, uh, the food, we're about to feed the, all of the law enforcement here. This year, instead of here, it's going to be over at the convention center. They're inviting us in to come and feed. March in this direction, Seacoast Vineyard. March full of the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit and march together. That is part of the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? We'll expend every piece of money. We've got all of our energy in the wrong place if we do not keep in step with the Spirit. You personally and this church corporately has been called a certain direction. And we're, the only way we can fulfill that is to keep in step with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. And so we pray. We don't have to sweat. We don't have to, you know, fight it. We surrender to it. And we go, okay, Holy Spirit, show us. And we'll fall in line with each other and we will fulfill our destiny together. Or as a single person, as a married person, business person, student, pastor, business owner, whatever. We will fall in line and step with the Holy Spirit and we will find our destiny in you. There is help for temptation. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He lives in you this morning. If you are a follower of Jesus, he wants to help you, keep you away from falling to temptation. And he wants to get you to your destination and having some fun along the way. Enjoying this life that Christ has paid for you. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.